Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I wish you love. And I will always love. Yes, we do talk about songs. Some songs we talk about week after week after week. Hello, Whitney. We see you. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and I am joined here on this podcast by my delicious and, let's say it, emotionally fraught, this week at least, co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. I know you're feeling me because I am too. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Um, Delicious and emotionally fraught needs to be chiseled on my headstone. (laughs) Let's make that happen. Uh, Might be sooner than anyone had thought or hoped because ranking this shit is coming very close to killing me. (laughs) I don't know about you. Uh, Let's just say this. As we talk about the Elite Eight in our tournament to determine the all-time best Grammy winner for record of the year... I have thrown out every criteria that I used for the Sweet 16 round and have come up with a whole new rubric for how to evaluate these songs. It might make me go to the mental house, but it felt right at the time. So, (laughs) yes, week after week, I have these stern conversations with myself. And uh, it doesn't matter that we correctly identified last week the lack of shits that Tina Turner gives about how we're doing this. I can't let it go. Um. Neither can I. Uh, As we said on Slack, um, at least I feel as though I need to write with a pen apology letters to people. But um, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, Before we uh, repair to the mental house, um, let's remind listeners what we're doing here. As Mark said, we are trying to determine the best record of the year Grammy winner of all time or um, the least bad or the the most like the Nate plus ultra me. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but we're um, slowly starting to kill our babies here as we are in the elite eight um, in this round, as in the last round, we will be doing the customary uh, market Sarah talk about songs ranking style, which is that we talk about them in alphabetical order by song title. We assign a point value and by we, I mean, I do it. Mark does it, and some of our Patreon supporters also do it. Thank you, Patreon supporters, for your help. Heart you. Uh, heart you. Um, broken heart emoji, this process. Um, but our number one song will receive eight points. The number two song receives seven points, so on and so forth. The top four vote getters go through. We may be in serious danger of some ties we might have a final six i don't know what's going to (laughs) happen um i hate math i hate this process i hate this podcast i hate myself this is terrible um i love it i can't wait to talk about it um there is more information on all of this and many other of our ranking seasons at patreon.com slash mastess where you can join the fun join our discord vote on these things if you haven't already joined we'd love to have you that's patreon.com slash mastass. 
Actually, now is a probably good time to mention that our patrons will be in for a special treat at the end of this particular season because we're going to be releasing not one but two patron-only singles. So you don't want to miss that. No. Special episodes just for you? Come on! And Patreon supporters also get other extras like playlists by request, pop chart readings from Mark, we are a little behind on all that stuff, but once we, or slash if we survive this season, we're going to get <laughs> caught up on all of that. And it is really our delight to think about music and make lists and rank things and um, our protests to the contrary. Um, this is this is what we do, and we're going to do it, even if it kills us. So, Mark, the final eight songs, would you like to review what we're talking about today, and then get started. Yes, so the songs who have made it all the way to the Elite Eight from our initial group of 64 are Beat It by Michael Jackson, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel, I Will Always Love You, as previously heard, by Whitney Houston, Moon River by Henry Mancini, Rolling in the Deep by Adele, Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier featuring Kimbra, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars and What's Love Got to Do With It by Anna Mae Bullock, also known as Tina Turner. (laughs) Okay, so as far before we get started, I would just like to say that my plan for ranking the Elite Eight was, okay, this should be cinchy. I'll just take what was left from the sweet 16 and put them in the same order. And so I did that. And then like immediately started sobbing basically. (laughs) Um, So, and I had a, I tried every possible um, way to drive our first song down the list further because of who it is. But while I was making notes on it, I was chair dancing. It's, I mean, the struggle began immediately. Um, So I guess we should just get into it with Beat It, right? Yeah. So I also had a similar journey this week, though the new criteria that I referenced before were really centered around the concept of what record of the year means. Last week, I was out here flinging bold statements like, it's too big to be record of the year. I'm happy it's that it It's can- never a beat it day. Like- yeah, I'm, I'm glad that there are songs, like Whitney Houston is too big for record of the year. I'm glad there are a hundred versions of Moon River. That proves my point. Well, this week, all that is out. This accent also. like how hard is this now he's katherine hepburn great job everyone i'm eating ribbon candy spencer i don't have time to make a film with you (laughs) mark and say thank you everyone what a great season it's been of all the days that we lost everything this might be my favorite anyway please continue okay so Point being, this time I really went back to the concept of what we mean when we say record of the year, the award going to the producer and the performer. And I actually think the engineer now later in Grammy history, I can't keep track, but definitely the producer Mm. and definitely the performer and beat it. Despite the cultural baggage to which you just alluded is in fact a dope ass record. The producing the production by Quincy Jones on this record is so good. Michael Jackson's vocal is so good. So I actually strolled up in here thinking I'm going to throw this in the last place. Get out of here. But I couldn't do it, Sarah. I ended up putting it in sixth 
place because it's just a great record and it makes me happy and I do like it. Now, I don't. It is true what I said last week I, or sometime in this season. I never feel quite passionately about this song. If it were Billie Jean, again, as I've said, it'd be a different story. But I do really like it. And there are no bad songs in this group. So for me, sixth place with three points is actually not what I thought I was going to be giving Beat It. And here we are. Well, we uh, reflected each other um, on opposite sides of the moving on divide. Um Despite my best efforts, um, this is what my notes say. My sense that this should go further down because MJ as a person is a serious problem and a felon. Uh, But while I'm typing, I'm bugging out in my chair and noticing once again the flawless construction and the sociological slash fight for the soul of black 1980s youth lyrics. And then here comes Eddie Van Halen. I just don't know what I'm doing with my life. This is a verbatim <laughs> reading of my notes on beat it, which like I, t- I tried, I waited for a bus to come that I could throw it under and nothing, it none came. So I put it in third with six points. Well, listen, I feel you. I also understand your pain at this time. Uh, <laughs> the patrons are right in between us. They put it in fifth place. So they gave it four points. So that means, huh. As I expect might happen several times, we end up with a whole big bunch of the middle, and there's no clear answer yet about what's going to happen. I just, (laughs) as I said to you on Slack, there's a number one, and there's a number eight, and there's six number twos, and I um, despair. (laughs) I despair. Um, But I think that, I think said number one is going to be a pretty easy wave through at least. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to guess that for you, number one is, in fact, Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water. It is. I <laughs> sometimes in the um, sometimes in the later rounds of these uh, tournament style ranking seasons, I don't listen to every song all the way through again. But this time I really felt like I had to do it for all yep. of the songs and get you know, like take hands with Christ and maybe he could help take the wheel. Um, And this was like the first one that I listened to. And it was like, do I need to listen to this? Could I sing every part? Is it stitched on my bone marrow? Um, But I was just struck again by what a, um, what a wonderful work, um, and what an emotional work this is like it's well built but it's like you it is felt in every particular and it is utterly itself in every particular in the in the not just best but most way Mm -hmm. um and uh you know despite it having been played with uh touching gusto on the piano at my mother's memorial by reverend mark miller of christ church in summit new jersey check him out he's extremely talented uh this this song doesn't like it it brings up emotions and like bittersweet nostalgia but not in a sad or unbearable way for me which is also really something of an accomplishment for this song and i just adore it number one eight points Well, speaking of number one, as we record this, it is March 3rd of 2023. And on March 3rd, 1970, 
the number one song in America was, in fact, Bridge Over Troubled Water. So that was a time Mm -hmm. when all of America thought this song was number one. You think this song is number one. The patrons say that this song is number one. And I say that this song is number one. Because here's what happened to me. I also listened to every song all the way through twice in preparation. Even though these are songs that, as we've said, we've heard a a quantillion times in our lives. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I've got to experience these songs all the way through and try to listen to them with fresh ears, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. And I was driving in my little Kia Soul, which I just learned is apparently a car that people are stealing and then making videos of it on TikTok, but that that, neither here nor there. I was... (laughs) I was driving in my little Kia Soul, and this song started, Sarah, started, and I felt the emotions rising up in me, and I was really struck, as ever, by the little lilt up in Art Garfunkel's voice at the end of certain lines. You know what I mean, when Uh he's like, ah, like, those little touches that make... on by... Ugh. Those little little touches that he does that are so subtle and so powerful and it is of course accurate to refer to this song as a power ballad but i actually think that this song is not quite for me a power ballad because to me that implies some type of all-encompassing bombast and for me this song doesn't feel bombastic it just feels like it has a crescendo of intense feeling that that must be expressed bombastic to me implies a little bit of performativity and for me mm-hmm. this song is just real i don't know why yeah, it is no it's utterly just authentic real. i agree um, so and it, it, yeah, perhaps hymnic hymnic is correct yes i accept um, and also just the fact, and I'm sure I said this when we did the ranking of this entire album, but the fact that this is a song really about friendship is so endlessly moving to me. Like he wrote a song, yeah. Paul Simon wrote a song about his friend and then t- added a third verse about his wife. But like those first two verses are about the man who is singing them. Like the the beauty of acknowledging that type of love is also very ex- just moving to me and This song has been making me cry and feel deep things in so many contexts for so many decades that, of course, it's number one. Um, Yeah. What are we going to say about it next week? I don't know, but it's clearly going through because all three groups, me, you and the patrons, put it in first place. Perfect 24. Well done. B.O.T. Dubs. Uh, so next, I, before before we get to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, should we listen to the <laughs> clip again, Sarah? That's my first question. I wish you love. And I will always love you. I will always love you. Well, we could check that off our list for the week. Um, I believe that we have a reader comment. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, so a patron named Ellie Y, or she they call themselves Ellie Y. I'm 
pretty sure that's not their actual name. Anyway, <laughs> L.A.Y. became a patron of our show within the last week and wrote this on the comment section of the uh, uh, latest of one of our recent posts. L.E.Y. writes, finally joined the Patreon so I could post this. I hope it doesn't mess up the Mastis listening stats that every single time you play a clip of I Will Always Love You, I pause the pod and whip over to Spotify where I toggle on private session and listen to it three to five times in a row. (laughs) Whitney did not have to go this hard ever. I don't even care about whatever the MIDI-ass Casio is doing because it does not matter and I don't know her. I remember exactly where I was when Whitney died and it happened about a month after my mom, who'd helped me love so much different music and also had such a tough life, died. Nothing like this would have normally been her or my taste, but Whitney was incapable of being corny and for that I forever stand. Hashtag Whitney Pilled. Yes. I mean... Everything about this comment is art, starting with midi ass. And like, I just, I <laughs> stopped for a while. did not have to go while. that hard ever. <laughs> yes. I stopped for a while on that, that I was like, this seems, this is such a koan. Like, this seems um, like perfectly obvious. But then when you sit with it for a second, it's like, well, I mean, but I, and then the, but also this song. And then you're like. This is like there is a um, door that opens with this comment and you like step through it and you're like, oh, shit. And then Whitney was incapable of being corny that I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, you know what? I I think she I think that's right. I think she wasn't capable of being corny. And I think if she had had some aptitude for corn, <laughs> cornosity uh corniferousness it might actually have protected her emotionally and spiritually in her life right um and contemplating this made me um very very sort of blue like very glum about how hard it must have been to be whitney yeah but also how lucky we were to get to hear um her at her best uh, and I mean, like, I, I think that's true that she wasn't capably capable of being corny and that that quality sustains, like it sort of lifts her entire body of work. Um, but like broke her actual physical body. Yeah. Um, this comment, I, th- I think qualifies you for a PhD at most accredited universities <laughs> and thank you. Ellie Y for joining us and sharing it because I really sat with it for like 45 minutes and was a little bit emotional, like teary thinking about just the tragedy of uh, Miss Houston. So I guess we have to rank this now after all that. <laughs> Fuck. So I will add that <laughs> in mentioning their mother, Ellie Y also to me, reminded me that pop music is something that gets inside of our lives if you know what i mean yes like we can sit here and think through all of our arguments and we do but at the end of the day you me and everybody else are ultimately voting for the songs that grab our hearts and Mm -hmm. this this comment was such a good distillation of how this song is so fucking balls to the wall that you're like yes 
Say yeah. it, girl. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, but wait, also, I'm literally weeping. What's going on? And it reminded me of how it used to feel in 1993 when this song was new. And I actually was able to kind of remember the amazement. And this comment helped me scrape off 30 years of built up awareness and familiarity and go back to just remembering this is an amazing record. This vocal is out of control. The MIDI ass keyboard does not matter. I do not know her. So I just feel like literally like you, this comment changed my relationship to this song. Yes. (laughs) In a way. It did. Yeah. Mark and (laughs) Ellie. Talk about songs. (laughs) So I thought that going in, this song was going to be seven or eight. Mm, But instead, it bubbled all the way up to number five for me, largely because of what this comment made me think about. Same. Oh, shit. Four points for me. Yep. Yes. Look what L.E.Y. has done. Now, the... um, Clearly, a lot of the patrons didn't read this comment before they voted. That's <laughs> what I will say. Okay. Uh, they did well. They did put uh, Miss Houston in seventh place, so only mm. two points. But you know what? Again, if you've made it to the Elite Eight of a contest of 64, you've, you've done great. Like, if Whitney does not move forward, we'll probably still play the clip again. It's fine. And um, No, we, we definitely will. And <laughs> uh, above all this, we, we wish the song love. That's exactly right. So again, fifth place from you and from me and seventh place from the patrons. Um, Now, I also did pull a clip of, well, let's say a Moon River adjacent experience, Sarah. Growing up as I did in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it was very exciting when The Simpsons did the episode where Bart and his friends go to Knoxville because (laughs) that's only 90 minutes from where I live. And they put a lot of stuff in that episode that people who live in the southeastern portion of Tennessee would recognize, like the big sphere that becomes the wig sphere in this uh, this episode. (laughs) And on their way to Knoxville, the boys who have stolen a car decide that they're going to make a stop in Branson, Missouri. And Bully Nelson, Bully Nelson Muntz is known for being um, just a real bastard. But here's what happens when the gang goes to Branson. What is this place? Branson, Missouri. My dad says it's like Vegas, if it were run by Ned Flanders. Andy Williams! Oh, we don't need to stop here. Yes, we do! you obviously cannot see anything on a podcast but the look on nelson's face as he is listening to moon river is priceless to me i mean and it's the look that i have on my face i this was a real battle because i was like i i feel like i am sort of um contrarianishly putting it higher than it quote deserves to be but then listening to it all the way through and 
We have talked in the past, and we haven't gotten around to it yet. Maybe this year will be the year. But we've talked about either ranking or putting into a tournament the best opening bars in pop music of all time. Mm. And uh, I have a like running list on an Excel spreadsheet because I am um, extremely fun at parties and other social situations. But I wouldn't have thought to put this <laughs> song on the list because I'm thinking of like, like just rock guitar clarion calls. That's sort of the lane that I was driving in when I thought about that idea for a season. But I might have to add Moon River to the list because, I mean, it's like that opening that opening few bars um, gets all of the um, bittersweet, fond feeling, and it it acts like an aural, sped up Bob Ross painting sequence of the banks of the Moon River. So uh, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it is the language of my heart, and it is number four, and I am done apologizing. Five points. You never need to apologize. So. Obviously, as discussed last week, when both of us in a surprise move moved this song forward, therefore kicking (laughs) Green Day to the curb. (laughs) I love this song, but I decided that because the record, the actual Andy Williams record is only one of an enlarged constellation of performances of this song that feel definitive to me, Mm. I thought, okay. I actually can't give points to the song Moon River. I need to think about the recording that won the Grammy. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I don't actually like the Andy Williams version best, but that's just me. Yeah, I actually think that Judy Garland's live version is best. But again, Mm -hmm. I'm a homosexual, so that's what we're going to do. Before we go on, I do want (laughs) to say the thought of you at a party pulling up on a laptop or even perhaps a desktop computer a series of spreadsheets is very amusing to me. (laughs) And you're like, fine, sure, we'll do karaoke in a minute. But first, I need to show you a few things I've noticed about trends at this gathering. (laughs) Yes, while unfurling a dot matrix roll of information. Now, I'm going to pass out a variety of colored highlighters, and we're going (laughs) to use blue to indicate trends that are going upward. Anyway, anyway. Okay, so so that is why, ultimately, I decided with an enormous love to put Moon River in eighth this week. Well, something's there's no go bad best. songs. There, there's no bad be, songs. It's one of the best songs, like, maybe of all time. So, again, these are just, I had to, as you, as you well know, I had to come up with some reason to put things somewhere. And I was like, yes. oh, fine. Okay, so. I think the, that's actually a really good rationale, and. I won't have to fight this battle with myself next week, I suspect. Where did the listeners put this? Well, they also put it in last. So, yes, I think this is, in fact, the end of the road for Moon River because that's just one point from me and one point from them. But five points from you, so a solid showing. And I will note that even in the poll, this song still did pretty well. Like, no song got, like, zero votes. Every song Mm. got more than ten votes. So, pretty good. That brings us to the end of a song that we've talked about many times. And I feel like, Sarah, this is really the first time that we have taken a moment to go deep 
on Rolling in the Deep, if you will, mm. uh, a yeah. song that we've been waving through without much comment. But here we are at the Elite Eight. We've got to talk about it. So before we go any further, let's, for the first time in this whole season, finally listen to a clip from Adele's Rolling in the Deep. Here it comes. I know. So I, I am interested to find out where the patrons put this. Um, I, again, this is not the Adele Hill that I was going to die on. And this did remain fairly stable in the rankings. It's not that I don't uh, very much like and enjoy the song and respect the performance and think I- I'm glad that you pulled that clip because it's not necessarily the first section that you would think of to pull but it it gets at something that was um that was uh compelling and enticing like ensorceling about the song that you might not have realized the first time you heard it was was driving your interest your like oral interest in it narratively it's an excellent song there's no bad songs here blah 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 but I still put it in seventh place because Whoa. things had to go somewhere. And I mean, if hello, we're still clattering around here. I mean, first of all, I would have had a stroke and be dead. But, <laughs> um, yeah, things have to go somewhere. And also, this is one of those songs where it's like, it doesn't, I don't think it matters what I do. So what'd you do? Well, I what I did, what, uh, one, was listen to the entire 21 album again while I was on an elliptical machine mm-hmm. at the gym earlier this week because, damn, this album is so good. I, I just can't ever stop enjoying it. And there are such a variety of shades and tones inside of an album that is essentially a contemporary cabaret album, honestly. Mm, like, yeah. Yeah, it really is. She is doing uh, songs that you would expect her to do while wearing a velour gown in a dimly lit, smoky room. And uh, great. Oh, there's a caftan and <laughs> scotch involved. Absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And there absolutely is a cigarette next to her and it's lit at all times. You never know when she's going to take a drag of it. But <laughs> this song manages to be somehow both a smoky, seductive cabaret song and a thundering rock song. And I don't mm-hmm. quite know how to explain that both things are true, but they just are true. Yeah. And, you know, obviously her vocal is really good, but it's not just the sound of her voice. It's the things that she does with it. The the nuance that she finds in this vocal and the way that the bridge with the hand claps takes you into a different emotional place and she actually has shades her voice with a little bit of rage and then the production itself all of that musical stuff happening the the dynamic way that the sounds get louder and softer and i just love it all so i mm. put it in fourth place and gave it mm. five points okay Because as I was thinking about next week, I thought, is this one of the four songs that I would most like to talk about again? And the answer was ultimately yes. Uh, The patrons actually agreed with 
neither of us. They think we both ranked it too low. They put the song in second place and gave it seven points. Okay. But, you know, I get it. I'm not mad at it. And uh, all right, Adele, go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she probably will. Uh, so go ahead, literally, as in go ahead mm-hmm. to the next round. Now, Sarah, as we come to somebody that I used to know, I pulled a clip this week of, <laughs> uh, uh, let's say, a memed version of this song. For a, for a while there on YouTube, people were uploading 80s versions of contemporary songs, meaning they kept oh, the yeah. vocals, but they added like... 80 sounding backing tracks and then the whole gimmick is that in the comment section people would comment as though they remembered this song from the 80s and so they were basically (laughs) Uh mocking the generic comments that every youtube video of an older song has so they would be like there like there was a there's a great 80s power ballad version of sugar we're going down by fallout boy and the comments say things like my mom and dad met at the prom in 84 and this was the first song they danced to. And <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I still, they still talk about it so fondly and this shit, I, or there, there was also like, I know the guys from fall up and fall up boy broke up in 88, but I hope they know that we're never going to forget what 86 was like. It's just like shit like that. Is yeah. Just, there was some, what was that fun song? We are young. Yeah. Me or yeah. I think, no, it was the or other some one. Some nights. Yes, yeah, some nights they did like this um, outlaw country version <laughs> of it. And then the comments on that, like someone should put those out as a book. I would buy it because <laughs> it was like, you know, this brings me back to the time I shot Kenny Rogers in the eye. Like, it, was really good. it was really good. I loved that. I love that trend. I hope it never stops. I, it just it really is the internet at its best matched it really only is. matched only by the times when everyone starts giving ironic reviews of a particular product on Amazon <laughs> the family service <laughs> oh the yeah, big lady been on the thing. internet a while yeah but anyway so for somebody that i used to know i just wanted to pull a clip of the 80s version of this so if you go to youtube and you look up somebody that i used to know 80s this will come up Um, Here's a little clip. so good oh i love God. how it's like it's johnny hates jazz and then it's like journey hates jazz and then it's <laughs> journey hates kimbra i don't know what's going on but i love it and like don johnson is definitely in miami vice clothing somewhere in the background of this uh, it just yes. is <laughs> i really i love that um i love that it's that portable that vocal that's really that's really amazing <laughs> yeah. and oh, to me it God. just says like this song okay two things one it just proves that this song actually has really great bones like you said it's very mm-hmm. portable it but it also clarifies how fucking weird the actual version of the song is because yeah. goche could have made a song with this smooth consistent this smooth consistent sound and uh instead he made the jagged little pill that is the actual record and uh yeah he, how did something that bjorky i still i still don't <laughs> understand how like the grammy committee like did they just put 
like sativa in the water. I don't understand <laughs> what happened. I don't but care, also, but I don't get it, it. And it's amazing to me that this song was just so massively popular with everyone. It wasn't just like yeah. the Bjork. It wasn't just the Bjork army. It was like 7 million people in America downloaded this song. Like, uh, how did we all get it so right there for a second? Yeah. Um, so well, what we do said, with it this time? That's why I put the song in second place and gave it seven points. Um, that's why I put the song in second place and gave it second seven points. Also, I don't want John Ramos to murder me. Hell what did the, yeah. What did the patrons do? They um, put the song in fourth place and gave it five points. So a very, okay, very I think we've all showing. avoided. <laughs> we've all avoided um, John aside for another round. <laughs> <laughs> Ramos is not coming for us, uh, and we can be we can be comfortable with that knowledge. Now we don't have a clip for Uptown Funk. Gonna give it to you, but uh, Sarah, tell me how you're feeling about this this dope ass hit this week. Well, I had to like there were moments in this process where I really had to be like, if I have to pick, I was just doing kind of like a play in thing where it's like it, you know, all right, if I have to choose between. Uh, Uptown Funk and one of the other songs in the list. I can never hear the other song again. Am I picking Uptown Funk? And Uptown Funk actually, like, I revered this song. Um, I think it's wonderful. I think it's fun. Um, I think it's well-built and, um, like, cocky without being annoying and performative about it but it its construction is not um not irrefutable but like there are a couple of little issues and we are at the point in this process where even the tiniest nits will get picked in mm-hmm. order for us to make decisions when it comes down to that um and to like these you know death is not an option face-offs like i said this song is like 12 to 15 seconds too long and that was enough for me to put it regretfully but determinedly in sixth place with three points this is not what i thought was going to happen but the fact is in this group you you have to be perfect and i have to be like weeping and it isn't, and I wasn't, and so it's in sixth place. I st- I revere the song. I love it. I will probably listen to it again later because it's that good. But this is the Elite Eight, and, you know, death wasn't an option. I considered it <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to put it in sixth. But here we are. Well, I also love this song very much. Uh, and for me, the reason that I put it in seventh is mm. because I think it is the only song that is meant to be a bit of a goof. And mm-hmm. all of the other songs are, I think, meant to be sincere. It, mm-hmm. And that's, of course, it's fine if songs don't take themselves seriously, if they're just like strutting around being cocky and sort of being uh, and, and, and doing glamorous poses or whatever. That's great. But again, for my criteria this week, that made it enough of a reason for me to put it in seven. Yeah. Julio, get the stretch. Get the stretch. <laughs> I, I think y'all are going home. I I mean, <laughs> enjoy Uptown. Say hello to everybody, but this is probably it. Unless the patrons put it in like third or something. 
Well, they did put it in third place, actually. So huh. that's oh, that's no. <laughs> that's six points from them. Two Are we points just gonna from have, like, me. Tw- all the songs have like nine points. This is a nightmare. That's <laughs> three points from you. So, um, well, we'll we'll do a rundown uh, in, in just a second. We'll figure out how all of the cookies crumbled. Um, and also, Sarah, speaking of songs that we haven't clipped. We, you and I were startled to realize that we haven't clipped What's Love Got to Do With It yet. Yeah, I thought we had. So uh, without further ado, at long last, here's Tina Turner. Is this a farewell clip? Um, the, the question in the title of this song is um, advised as well today. Here's a clip. If I tend to look dazed, I read it someplace, I've got cause to there's a name for it There's a phrase that fits But whatever the reason You do it for me Oh, what's love got to do It's got to do it I'm glad we got to hear that at last. I think... I assumed because we had done a Tina sode a million years ago and God was in short pants on this very podcast. I think I assumed that we had clipped it because we referenced that. I don't know what I was thinking. I'll tell you what I was thinking by putting this in last place. Sorry, Miss Turner, who doesn't care what we do. <laughs> um, but like, I, I love the song. It brings me back to middle school dances. But, um, you know, the vocal is not her best and not the best in this group. And it's just not quite as essential. Like, qua song. Like, yes, there's all the backstory. Um, yes, it's a good song. It, um, as they say in Ocean's Eleven to Saul, you know, you're in Cooperstown. <laughs> like, it's it's fine. But I, it's just not as essential as any of the other songs on the list and this was like one of the few it was like bridge over troubled water is number one this is number eight everything else in the middle was a a fight for my very soul but this one this was a fairly easy decision for me it's not that it's not a great song i just was like yeah that's at least i know where that's going so just the one point for ms bullock what'd you do So, as you know, I've been talking about listening to these songs in the car, at the gym. This one I was listening to while I was cooking. And (laughs) I kept, without being quite aware of it, I realized after it was over that I had somehow started like doing a sort of slide hip shuffle dance around the kitchen while holding Mm -hmm. a spatula. I really was Meg Ryan in some rom-com somewhere. (laughs) Uh, or, or like that scene in uh, in a movie about a blended family where the kids and the step parent finally get along because everybody's yes. in their pajamas singing into a whisk or whatever. Uh huh. So I realized, oh shit! Like this song got me, got this booty popping, and I was like, wow, you know what? This record is great, and I really was connected to just the sound of it. It's so good, and I really actually did feel her vocal this time. As you can tell, I had a we're going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum here. Um, Yeah. I, I also got into the fact that this is a song about just wanting to fuck. (laughs) She's Mm. like, there's a, uh, uh, there's a, there's a 
phrase for this. There's a phrase that fits uh, when she's mm-hmm. like, uh, the, the phrase that fits is, I'm horny for you, not I want to love yeah. you. And I was like, yeah. You, know, you I, can strip to this, and I suggest you start right now. <laughs> and I thought this song has been so popular for so long and was hugely popular when I was a child. Therefore, I didn't really think about what it meant. But now mm. I realize, wow, yeah, this is a song about a woman who's like, I don't need you to love me, but I do want to make love to you. Let's go fuck. And I was like, all right, girl, go ahead. Now, I put this song in third because I was so shocked by my, not shocked, but I was appreciative of this new thing. I was thinking about it. And I knew in putting it in third, I was also probably doing what you were doing with Moon River, which is making one strong case for a song that I knew was out the door anyway. Right. Right. And I think that is what's going to happen because I put it in third, the patrons put it in sixth, and you put it mm. in eighth. So there's that. Yeah. Okay, so if you would like, I can tell you our songs in reverse order from eighth to first. I would love it. Okay, in eighth place this week uh, is Moon River with seven oh. points. We we honor you, Henry Mancini. You are the oldest song that made it into the final eight. Uh, Godspeed to you, great great friend. Then we I, have our- I tried, Huckleberry friend. <laughs> I tried. Did. And Dawn, our listener Dawn, told us that we uh, convinced her that the song was great again, and we say hello, Aww. Dawn. Hey, Dawn. Uh, then she joke. I said, "Oh, thank you, my Huckleberry friend." And she said, "Well, after spending all winter on the couch, I am wider than a mile." So, <laughs> well, it's no Ellie Why master's thesis, but it's in the conversation for comment of the month. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, then we actually have one tie in seventh place with ten points. We have both "I Will Always Love You" and "What's Love Got to Do with It." Well, the '80s. Yep. And then in, in fifth place with 11 points, we have Uptown Funk. Huh. Oh, my God. Okay. So another song that I thought might have actually made it to the final four. Now it's gone. So that mm-hmm. leaves us with our final four. In fourth place with 13 points, it's Beat It by Michael Jackson. In Third place, only one point ahead with 14 points, is Rolling in the Deep by Adele. In second place, with 19 points, is Somebody That I Used to Know. And of course, unsurprisingly, the perfect scorer, Bridge Over Troubled Water, is in first. So again, our top four, our final four, are Bridge Over Troubled Water, Somebody That I Used to Know, Rolling in the Deep, and Beat It. Four very different songs. (laughs) And a better range, I think, than I expected. chronologically for the final four i was kind of expecting um honestly more 80s and 90s representation at the end and now we have like 180s 170s and then the rest is more modern era so the the 90s is back everywhere else but on this podcast apparently um this is going to continue to be a brutalizing (laughs) says i remember the end of the last episode i was like all right i'll just rank them in the same order i did here and i can already tell that that's um that's going to be a problem for me morally (laughs) and spiritually um but what's not a problem for me is how much we love to have these discussions and have them with you the listeners so we are at talk songs on twitter 
Once again, if you want to join the Patreon fun and vote and um, bemoan our choices and your own on our Discord, that's patreon.com slash mastass. We would love to have you. Um, we would love to have you join us for the periodic happy hours where you can also bemoan everyone's choices slash tell us what you're listening to lately. That's bringing you joy. And um, yeah, we'll see you in a week for yet another uh spiritual emotional psychological tussle <laughs> for the for the soul of pop music award giving Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Sarah D. Bunting and Mark Blankenship. That's me, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. This podcast is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. And if you want to talk about songs, suggest a season theme, get a pop chart reading or customized playlist, or have a cocktail with us and your fellow listeners, then come on by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastess, where you'll find polls, happy hours, and tons of extra episodes and content. We're also at Talk Songs on Twitter, at Mastass Everywhere on Instagram, and Mastass.podcast on Facebook. Or just email us, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. All that contact info will be in our show notes. Scroll down. Hope we'll be talking about songs with you soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.